to my favorite theorem, the podcast where we ask mathematicians what their favorite theorem is. Um, I'm your host, uh, Evelyn Lamb. I'm a freelance math and science writer in Salt Lake City, Utah, and this is your other host. Hi, I'm Kevin Knudsen, professor of mathematics at the University of Florida. I had to wear a sweater yesterday. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I've had to wear a sweater for like a month and a half, so yeah, um, yeah, yeah. maybe not quite yeah, no, that long. Yeah, no, it'll be hot again tomorrow, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so today uh, we're very glad to have our guest Henry Fowler on. Uh, Henry, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? I'm a Navajo in Indian. I live on the Navajo reservation. Um, I live in the by the Four Corners in a community, um, Sahili, Arizona. It's a small um, rural area. We have a tribal college here on the Navajo Nation, and that's what I work for is the NET College. I'm a math faculty and also um, the chair for the math, physics, and technology. Yeah, and, my, and we... Oh. And my plants and are in Navajo is um, I'm a bitter water and born for Zuni Edgewater. Yeah, and we met at uh, the Saknas Conference um, just a couple weeks ago in Salt Lake City, where you gave a really moving uh, keynote address there. Um, and you talked a little bit about how you're involved with um, the Navajo Math Circle. Um, so, yes, I'm, I'm passionate about um, promoting math education for my people, the Navajo people. Can you tell us a little bit about the, the Navajo Math Circle? Uh, the Navajo Math Circle started seven years ago with a mathematician from San Jose um, State University, and her name is Tatiana Shubin. She contacted me by email, and she wanted to introduce um, some projects that she was working on. And one of the projects was Navajo um, or Masterclass, which is um, a collection of um, mathematicians that come together, and they they integrate their way of mathematical thinking for grades K through 12th grade, working with students and teachers. So her and I, we got together and we discussed uh, one of the projects that she was doing, which is the Masterclass. And it was going to be here on the Navajo Nation, so we called it Navajo Masterclass. And so through her project and myself here living on the Navajo Nation, we started the Navajo Master School. How many students yeah. were involved? Uh, we started first with um, here at the college. We started first with with a math summer camp where we got um, we set out application, and these are for students who have um, have desire or engage themselves to study mathematics. And it was overwhelmingly about over. 50 students that applied for only for 30 slots that were open because of how much our grant could only sustain the 30 students. Mm -hmm. And so we screened the students and with the help of um, their regular students, I mean, their regular teachers from from junior high or high school teachers, so they had recommendation letters that were also presented to us. So we selected the thir first 30 students Following that, we expanded our master school to to the Navajo Nation um, public school system 
and there's also a contract schools and grant schools. And now we're serving like over, I would say over a thousand students now. Wow. That's great. Uh, I assume these students have gone on to do pretty interesting things once they, once they finish high school and, and, and the circle. Yes. Uh, we, we selected, so we sort of like strategized where we want to work with, um, lower grades a little bit to really promote, um, different way of thinking about math problems. Mm-hmm. So we started off with the first, um, summer math camp at the junior high or the middle school level. And then also the students that were barely moving into high school their freshman year or their 10th grade year. And that that cohort group, the, the one that we started off, they have a good rate of um, doing very well at, with their academic work, especially in math, at their high school and their junior high school. And we had four who had graduated recently from high school, and all four of them are now attending a university now. That's great. Mm-hmm. And some of our listeners may have uh, seen, there's a documentary about the Navajo Math Circles that um, plays on, or has played on PBS some, and uh, we'll include a link to that for people to to learn a little bit more about that. Um, in the, the show notes for the episode. Um, we invited you here, you know, to My Favorite Theorem, of course, because we love to hear about what mathematicians in, you know, what theorems mathematicians enjoy. Um, so what have you selected as your favorite theorem? Um, I, I have quite a few of them, but it, it, something that is simple, something that um, it's been an awe for mathematicians, is uh, the most famous um, theorem would be the Pythagorean theorem because it also relates to my cultural practice to the Navajo. And that Pythagorean theorem is also um, how Navajo would use that to construct um, their their traditional home, which is, we call it a Navajo um, hogan. Navajo, they they can use the Pythagorean theorem, um, charting the how the sun travels in the sky. So they will open their hogan door, which is always all home or are constructed. The hogan are constructed facing east. So once the once the sun comes out, it projects its energy, the light into the hogan. And Navajo begins to study that phenomena, how that light travels in space in the Hogan. So they can predict the solstice, um, equinox. They can, they can um, also project how the constellations are moving in the sky. So that's just a little example. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, mathematicians, we call it the Pythagorean theorem, but you know, like many things in math, it, you know, it's not named after the first person to ever notice this relationship. The Pythagorean theorem um, is the, you know, the a squared plus b squared equals c squared, the relationship between the length of the legs of uh, a right triangle and the hypotenuse of a right triangle. Um, but it was known in many civilizations before, you know, well before Pythagoras, um, 
it, you know, was born or even before, yeah, just a long time ago. So in, uh, you know, China, India, uh, the Middle East, and in North America as well. Um, yes, it, because Navajo, we all, we believe in um, a circle of life, and there's time that we go through our process of life, and we go back to our the end of our circle. And it's always about to give back. That's our main um, cultural teaching is to give back as much as you can, back to the people, back to nature, back to your community, and as well as to what you what you want to promote, what you're passionate about, and give back to, to the people that way. So our, our way is always interacting with circle, that phenomenon, and how the, the Navajo see the relationship with space in relationship to sunlight, how it travels, how, how they capture it in their hogan is also they can relate it to defining the distance defining um, how how they relate the Pythagorean theorem to distance as well as to um, the formula to a circle. Mm-hmm. So, so what what shape is the Hogan? I'm sort of curious now. What um, like 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 how um, when the light comes in, what, what sort of shadows does it or what what sort of shadows does it cast that make you able to predict things? Um, the, the Navajo um, Hogan normally is a nine a nine sided. Um, polygon, but nine sided. Okay. Yeah. So, but but it can Navajo also can capture um, what circle means, mm-hmm. sort of like by um, by regular polygons. That as the more vertex, the more sides mm-hmm. it is drawing to become a circle. Right. So they understand that event. They understand that phenomena, mm-hmm. and so the nine site is in relationship to how to capture when when a child is conceived to then is delivered in a, into nine sites to nine months. But Navajo mm-hmm. they call it um, nine full moons because they only capture uh, what's going on within their environment and they're really observant to how the sky, how the constellations are moving. So they, their, their monthly calendar is by full moon. Mm-hmm. And so that's how um, they, when the light travels in from when they open that Hogan door, it's like a semi-circle, mm-hmm. a semi-structure. So within that space, they feel there are, they are also secure and safe and that hogan is also a representation that they are the child of Mother Earth and that they are the child of the Father Sky. And so that hogan is structured in relationship to a mother's womb when a child is being um, conceived and that development begins to happen. So, but Navajo say that the hogan is a structure where in relationship there is four seasons, four directions, and then there is four um, development that happens within when you become an old age. There will be the time of your birth, 
then there will be at the time of um, when you become an adult and then midlife and then eventually to OH. So using that concept, um, when that door is open, they harvest that sunlight as it comes in. Like now, we are moving to the um, to the stage of um, winter solstice, mm -hmm. and that happens from the Western thinking is around December 22. Right. And in Navajo, that will be the the 13 full moon that it will happen. So when that light comes in mm -hmm. that day. And it will be a repeated event so they know where, when that light comes into the hogan, when that door is open, it will project on the wall of the hogan. So when it projects on that wall, they mark it off when that right. happens, that phenomena that happens. So every time of each time, full moon, they capture that light to see where it hits on the wall. So that's how they understand the equinox. And that's how they understand solstice in relationship to that, how the light is traveling. Wow. That's more than my house and can they, do. And then, <laughs> then they also um, use the, there's, they use um, wood stove to heat the whole bond. So there's uh, mm -hmm. an opening right at the center of the whole bond. Mm -hmm. And we call that the chimney. Mm -hmm. So when that light comes in, too, they capture that sunlight, and they do every um, full moon. And then sometimes they do at a, at, this, at the middle of that calendar, or they can even divide that calendar into quarters. And so when they divide it into quarters, then they chart that light as it comes into the chimney, and they found out that the, the sun travels in the sky in the figure eight mm -hmm. in right. one whole year. So they understand that phenomenon too. Yeah, I mean, ancient mathematics was all about astronomy, right? I mean, uh, so every, I mean, every culture in the world, I think, is, has tried to figure this out. And, uh, mm -hmm. and this is a, this is a really ingenious solution though with the, with the, the chimney and the, and the tracking the light. That's really very cool. That's what our, um, but it's sort of like the, the practice is beginning um, not to be learned by our next generation because we mm -hmm. have now our homes are more standardized. Um, we're moving away from that the traditional hold on. So our students and then our young people, they're not beginning to interact how that light travels within that hogan space. Did, did you live in a hogan growing up? Um, yes. Mm -hmm. uh, so people around probably my age, um, they, mm -hmm. that was the, the way, that's how they were raised is, is in a traditional hogan. Mm -hmm. And that was the only means back then that was home for us, is that construction. Mm -hmm. Use the land, use the nature to construct your home, whatever is near, nearby. So you mm -hmm. collect those materials, and that's how you create your home. Right. But now everything is standardized and somewhere in relationship to different um, building codes. So what have you chosen to pair with your serum? I I guess I, I pair my Pythagorean um, serum to, to my identity, who I am as a Navajo person. 
And I really value my identity, who I am as an indigenous person. I'm very proud of my culture, my my land where I come from, my language, and as well as I compare it to how I learn of what I know, the, the ancient knowledge from my ancestors, is that I always respect my Navajo elders. Very cool. Do, do you think growing up in a Hogan, living in a Hogan, growing up, did that affect you mathematically? Do you think it sort of made you want to be a mathematician? Were you aware of it? Yes, I believe so because um, we 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 did a lot of our own um, construction. Mm-hmm. Um, not, nothing so much um, that would be store bought. Every, everything mm-hmm. was. If you want to play with toys, you had to create it that toy sure. on your own. And so that spatial um, thinking, um, driving our animals from different location to different spot, and then bringing our sheep back at a certain time. And you calculate distance, you estimate distance. Mm-hmm. You do a lot of um, different relationship with interacting with nature, how it releases how it releases patterns. So you get to notice patterns in a number sense in relationship. So I really truly believe that my culture gave me that background to to engage myself to study mathematics. Wow. Yeah, and now you're uh making sure that you can pass on, you know, that knowledge and um that love for mathematics to younger people from your community as well. Um, that, that's my whole um, passion is to strengthen our math education for my Navajo people. Uh, our Navajo reservation is um, as large as the West Virginia. Oh wow! I didn't realize that. And there's no 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 leader that has that stand and say that I'm gonna promote math education. So right now that I know for my people, I'm one of the leaders in promoting math education is is to mm-hmm. strengthening our math K through twelve so that we build our infrastructure, we build our economy, we build um better lives for my Navajo people, and that we build our own scientists, we build our own doctors, nurses, and we want to promote our students to show interest or take the passion or to career into STEM field. We want to build our own Navajo professors, Navajo scholars, researchers. So that all boy, that all takes, I mean, that takes down to math education. So if we strengthening the, the education, we can now say that we are a sovereign nation or a sovereign tribe where we begin to build our own nation using our own people to build that nation. Wow, that's really uh, important work. And um, I I hope our listeners will uh, go and learn a little bit more about um, the Navajo Math Circles and the work you and and other uh, teachers and everyone are doing there. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's wonderful because um, when uh, we have so much um, social ill, social problems among my people, there's so much poverty here, 
Mm-hmm. We have um, near 50% unemployment. Wow. And we want my people that have that same access opportunity, just like any other states out there. Mm-hmm. And the way, the way from my perspective is to promote math education, to bring social justice and to have um, access to a fair education for my people. And it's time that the Navajo people operate their own school system, their own indigenous view, create our own curriculum, create our own math curriculum, and standardize our math curriculum in line to our our elders' thinking, to our culture, to our language. And that's just all for my Navajo people to understand their self-identity so they truly know who they are, so they become better people, and they give them, they get that strength so that that motivation comes. And so to me, that's what my work is all about, is to help my people as a way to combat many social problems that we're having. And I really believe that math kept me out of problems when I was growing up. I could have easily joined a gang group. I would have not have finished my education, my Western education. And But math um, kept me out of problems, out of trouble when I was growing up. Wow. Yeah. You're, well, you're an inspiration. I, I feel like I'm slacking. I need to, <laughs> I need to do something here. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so, so much for uh, being on the podcast with us. I really enjoyed talking with you. Yeah, this was great, Henry. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh-huh. Thanks for listening to My Favorite Theorem, hosted by Kevin Knudsen and Evelyn Lane. The music you're hearing is a piece called Fractalia, a percussion quartet performed by four high school students from Gainesville, Florida. They are Blake Crawford, Gus Knudsen, Del Mitchell, and Bao Chan Nguyen. You can find more information about the mathematicians and theorems featured in this podcast, along with other delightful mathematical treats, at Kevin's website, kpknudsen.com and Evelyn's blog, Roots of Unity, on the Scientific American Blog Network. We love to hear from our listeners, so please drop us a line at myfavoritetheorem at gmail.com, or you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Kevin's handle on Twitter is at NivikNazdunk, that's Kevin spelled backwards, followed by Knudsen spelled backwards, and Evelyn's is at Evelyn J. Lamb. The show itself also has a Twitter feed. The handle is M-Y-F-A-V-E-T-H-M, that's at myfavoritetheorem. Join us next time to learn another fascinating piece of mathematics.